Welcome to On Texas Football live stream. I've got Justin Wells here with me of InsideTexas.com. Justin and I are going to take your questions tonight in this live stream, uh, talk a little recruiting, talk a little team action. Longhorns coming off a 2019 loss to Bama. Um, Still smarting from that a little bit, but uh, also at the same time, pretty excited about uh, the way they played in that game overall. Uh, But uh, let's start, first of all, uh, I've already taken some questions. We've already asked for some questions on uh, Inside Texas message board. I want to get to those almost immediately. Also, uh, Jerry and I neglected to mention one of the players that visited Texas uh, over the weekend, Tassili Akana. Uh, and Justin, you were the one, you were the actual person from Inside Texas that got a chance to talk to Tassili. Uh, what did what's his what's going on with his recruitment? What did he have to tell you? You know, I, I, it's crazy how positive these recruits are after this last weekend, Bobby, even in a loss. It's really crazy. The fans made an incredible impression on these recruits. It wasn't just the play on the field, the the visit and everything. It was the atmosphere and the environment. That was a big deal. Uh, Tassilia Khan is one of those guys, though, that he wasn't as worried. You know, I've talked to a dozen kids that were there, and, and that was the, you know, the narrative from each one of them. But Akana was more fixated on the defense and the schemes and how he could fit, and he loved the way they rallied to the ball. He loved the way he, he could see himself fitting in that, in that scheme. And I said, you know, what was Texas' Texas message for you? And he said, it's simple. Why not Texas? And so Akana came away. I, I think Texas was in a good position with Tassili before this official visit, Bobby. But now I think they've, they've really pushed themselves to the front. I'm not saying as a leader per se, but I'm saying they're in they're they're gonna be one of the final schools. They're going to be in it till the end. Uh they, they did a tremendous job. Jeff Cho, give those guys credit. Uh Jalen Ford was his host. Uh was a, he did a great job as well. And so Akana's message really was, you know, the fans and the atmosphere was cool, but he said he was more impressed with the defense and the and the schemes and how the linebackers played and and just how everybody rallied around each other. Yeah, I, you know, the other another question coming straight from inside Texas uh, asks about the Texas defense in general, uh, you know, and and that ties in with what you just talked about with Cecilia Kana and what what folks are saying about it, not only outside the program like us, but inside the program. Um, Justin, what are you hearing from your sources uh, inside inside that locker room, inside that team, uh, staff, et cetera? Well, it's funny, you know, you would think it would be a really, you know, joyous occasion, but I think the further away they get from the game, the more it pisses them off. This was a group that felt like they lost, that they felt like they had the game won. This is a group that doesn't want to be settling for moral victories. And, and, and granted, the vibe was positive. I think they, they, they taught a lot about themselves, Bobby. I think they learned a lot last Saturday. And, and, you know, and that's kind of what you're hearing over the last few days from not only the coach, but from the players and stuff like that. But this is a group that's hungry. This is a group that's got a lot of guys that are in PK's system for the second year. This is a group that's got some influence from Gary Patterson, just enough to show other programs that there's a chance that some of this influence will come out onto the field. And they're upset. This is a group that I, I think they're trying to hold themselves to a higher standard either whatever it is they were not happy they are not happy about this loss you know I think at first it was kind of a lot happening at once you almost don't understand the moment but after watching video they will tell you they made they left a lot of plays on the field and I think they felt like they, they not only were better but they beat Alabama they just couldn't get it on the scoreboard that safety you don't bring that up do not bring that up (laughs) <laughs> not with fans either, by the way, not just inside the team. Hey, um, uh, a lot of people asking us about flip candidates with uh, um, uh, Colton Vosick visiting over the weekend. Uh, other guys that Texas is still on and recruiting like Anthony Hill out of Denton Ryan. Um, anything you're hearing in that category at this point? Uh, I can tell you, I, I got a chance to catch up with Anthony Hill Sr., uh, Anthony Hill's uh, father. Uh, on Saturday and Sunday, well, we, we, we stayed in touch and we talked about, you know, the games, everything that happened on Saturday. And early on, you know, we, we were talking about the A&M game and kind of his thoughts on the defense and what everything looked like. 
And then he kept hearing from his friends about Austin. He kept hearing from his friends about how big that game was, how incredible that atmosphere was. He kept hearing, you know, Anthony Hill's one of his best, best friends is Ryan Watts, starting cornerback for Texas. They talk on a regular basis. They spoke afterwards. I'm not telling you Anthony Hill's a flip candidate right now, Bobby, but I'm telling you Texas was speaking to him and players were speaking to him very shortly after that game. They are still recruiting him through the whistle. They are still trying to get him on for a visit to come see a game. They are still going to push. Texas has made it clear they're not going to stop until until National Signing Day. They're going to keep recruiting. And the best part of it is, you know, Anthony Hill and his family have done such a tremendous job at the recruitment. They have, they have integrity. They, they, they do it the right way. But you can just tell people reaching out to them, telling them about what Texas did, asking them if they saw what they saw. You can hear it. You can kind of hear it in the voice. It's almost like it's kind of crazy what's going on in Austin right now. And considering what just happened in College Station last Saturday, this is something I'm going to be monitoring, and we're we're going to be monitoring inside Texas throughout the duration. I, you know, if Texas can get Anthony Hill on campus, this sucker gets real. Gotcha. All right. So Colton Vosick was on campus, a young man from Austin Westlake that's committed to Oklahoma. Uh, he's obviously someone that we're going to keep in t- keep tabs up, but he says he remains committed to the Sooners at this point, and we'll take in a couple more games. Uh, of the Sooners uh, up in Norman, as well as go to the Red River Shootout, uh, where Texas and OU uh, face off, obviously. A couple other questions I want to get to real quick. Offensive and defensive targets left on the board at this time, other than the ones we've already mentioned. Let me try to take a a swipe at a little bit of this, uh, Justin. Wide receiver Jalen Hale out of Longview, expected to make a decision next week uh, to the day, I think, right? It's supposed to be a week from today. Yes. Oh, well, and no, then, Wednesday, September 21st. It's all okay, Wednesday. Wednesday. Okay, sorry. Um, and then uh, also Mikel Harrison Pilot, who visited over the weekend, the wide receiver out of uh, Temple, Texas. Uh, those guys are the two receiver wide receivers still on the board. Texas continues to recruit Deuce Robinson, a tight end out of Pinnacle uh, High School in Phoenix, Arizona. Robinson was expected to visit Texas over the weekend, but his game was lightninged out on Friday night, and so <laughs> yeah. he had to stay over and play in Phoenix on Saturday night. Do you know if he is rescheduled? That's a question that we've gotten uh, both in this chat and on Inside Texas. Right now, we uh, we don't know if he's, you know, I, I know that he wants to reschedule. I believe on three's Chad Simmons reported that he, he wants to reschedule that visit. He wants to make sure he sees Texas at least once. Uh, but as for a date right now, that's to be determined. But I do actually – and it's, it's funny because little things like that do happen, Bobby. And it's crazy how in recruitments, little things can happen that can really trigger a whole other direction of where a kid goes. And Deuce Robinson knows he missed a classic. He knows he missed the game. So I think he's got even more incentive to make sure he, he gives Texas a good look and comes back and makes that, that visit as well. So I definitely think Deuce Robinson is going to, but right now that's to be determined. All right. Defense – so. Offense, literally, there's only like four guys still really on the board, right? I mean, or actually three, two wide receivers and a tight end, unless you include a guy like Jaden Greathouse, right, at Austin Westlake that we're not really counting. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't exactly. include him. Yeah, you, you get my point. Unless you're talking about them or uh, the young man at Stony Pound, the James, Braylon James, the wide Braylon receiver, James. also committed to Notre Dame. Um, those guys – you don't really see them. They're not after another offensive lineman. They're not after another quarterback, certainly. Um, and so that, that's pretty much it. It's a short list on offense. On defense, it's a little bit different because they've got their hooks in the water or their lines in the water for a lot of defensive linemen right now and edge prospects, right? That, well, I mean, that's definitely edge. That's the position. I, I think when you, you know, having a Sadir Mitchell is big. But also, you've got a, like a Dylan Spencer who's going to, you know, be able to spin down. You've got uh, Tassili Akana who took that official visit. That's a guy that they have zeroed in on. And then you have Daring Gallette who plays. They're, they're recruiting him at three different, on all three spots at linebacker. That's what they've told him. But I, you, you can just see his body and his frame. He probably projects to edge as well. And so, yeah, there's some, there's definitely some hooks in the water when you have a, the number one player in the state uh, out, out of Katie Pato, you know. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. David Hicks Jr. is 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 still in the mix. Now, granted, OU and AM have significant lead there. And I anticipate him to show up to one of those campuses, or or, or both rather, over the next month or so. I think you're gonna see more of that. But also understand Texas is not giving up on on David Hicks. And I got a chance to catch up with his father a few days ago and and I'd asked him about the opportunity if he was going to come to Texas and Alabama, if they were going to take that visit. And he said they actually had it scheduled. They were going to visit Texas for the Alabama game. But his, you know, David's uh, junior's dad is also a peewee football coach for David's little brother. And so he, it, you know, it, it wasn't the same timeline on a Saturday. And, and so that, that's, you know, it's one of those things where David X Jr. is still in the mix. He's just one that, you really want to see get make it to campus before you can really start to to figure this one out. And at the same time, and we've said this for a long time, Hicks is going to go until December. I feel like, and that alone, you just you keep swinging, you keep throwing hands, especially with this momentum, especially with what Texas A and M is doing right now. You know that's something you have to do. So you know when you, there's definitely a bunch of those guys for edge, and, and at the end of the day. You know, offering like a Warren Roberson. That's a guy that's a, a new senior evaluation. And we're going to see a handful of these guys. And what I'm interested in to seeing also, Bobby, is how many of them? Because we know this class is almost full. So, it, you know, someone would have to really stand out this senior year for, for Texas to, to get involved, for Texas to, to extend an offer and start to build that relationship even more. And so I would agree there's, there's definitely a handful of defensive linemen and edge guys because that's what this program needs. They took a good chunk in the last class. And if you let Bo Davis do it, he's going to take another chunk in this group. Yep. I, I'm looking at the list of guys that are still on the board ostensibly. Uh, David Hicks, you mentioned Jordan Hall and Damon Wilson, both out of the Sunshine State. Jerry Hamilton uh, of Inside Texas is down there uh, this week and next. He'll be checking in on those guys. Marcus Deal uh, out of the Garland area. He came in for uh, an unofficial over the weekend as well. Saw the Alabama game. You mentioned Tassili Akana. Uh, and then you start talking about guys like Anthony Hill, who they're going to recruit through the whistle. Uh, and also you start looking at, at other guys potentially, um, whether they're Javen Thomas, the defensive back out of South Oak Cliff, South Oak Cliff. That, that Texas continues to recruit despite his pledge uh, to Texas A&M. Uh, you're also talking about possibly a guy like Jai Eugene Jr. out of uh, 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 Louisiana. Uh, yeah. Yep. That uh, is is now looking at a visit to Texas as well. Uh, JV and Tobiano appears headed to either LSU or Michigan at this point, but Texas continues uh, to recruit him as well. So uh, there's quite a few guys still on the board for Texas, uh, but not necessarily um, anybody that or any number that we can just sit here and go, hey, they're off the board with everybody right now because they are still evaluating for seniors too. Um, and Roberson, to your point, was the first new senior offer they put out there. Right. And, and I got to see Roberson on Friday uh, against Lake Belton, and it was a really good opportunity, Bobby because he plays corner. He's going to play safety. That's what Texas wants him at. He's talking to, to, to uh, Steve Sarkeesian. He's talking to Blake Gideon. They like him at safety. But he played corner against Lake Belton on Friday, and he got to match up with the top receiver in the state of Texas for 2024 in Micah Hudson. So you, it was really a good test to see. It. And what you saw was good on good. You saw Micah Hudson make some plays because – he moves through the. He moves effortlessly. He, he reminds me a little bit of Jalen Rager in high school. The way he just—it's an effortless fluidity that that Micah Hudson presents. At the same time, Roberson gave him a lot of trouble. Roberson had some PBUs. He had some some plays where he he definitely got involved. He got in the backfield, and so you see the the thing about Roberson. He is so aggressive. He has a true dog mentality, and 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 like I said earlier. There's not a lot of room 
for a bunch of new senior evaluations. There's not a lot of room left in this class. Of course, you have to have contingencies, you know, in case someone flips, decommits, you know, things of that sort. And so you have to keep, like you said, hooks in the water. But right now, uh, you know, there's so much that could happen. You know, I, you're right. Toviano is probably trending more LSU, more Michigan, more out of state. He still wants to take that visit to Oregon. He's going to he's gonna go up there. Uh, but you know what? Roberson is a exciting player. He has a striking ability about him. He's probably about six foot, 180, 185 pounds, plays running back. He had a 60-yard touchdown run on probably the sixth or seventh play of the game. Uh, was fantastic. And, you know, Reddick was a good team, too. They've got a lot of good young talent there. They've got a, a young uh, Texas target in 2025 receiver Taz Williams who just store that name because we'll be talking about him a lot in the future. But at the end of the day, I don't see a lot of these senior evaluations, Bobby. I don't think there's going to be a ton of new offers simply because they not only have a lot of their class full, they have the guys they want to fill in those remainder sp- remaining spots basically identified. So if I saw it, if you see any of those new offers, it's probably a fantastic showing. And, and don't forget, Sarkeesian saw Roberson in person a week before last. And so that, you know, that in, you know, in-person evaluation really, really resonates. Yeah, that that predicated the offer. I, 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 quick thought here, um, and you mentioned this, and so I'm going to bring it up. A year ago, me, you, Jerry, Eric, we all agreed Texas was recruiting a more physical type of player on both offense and defense. Roberson clearly fits that category, right? Definitely more physical. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just just saying, keep that in mind as senior evals take place and we do see it. My guess is they're going to follow Billy Glasgow, director of player personnel at Texas and evaluation. My guess, he keeps the same MO this year, right? where they're looking for guys that can strike on defense. That mental eval and the culture buy-in, like the the first two minutes of my interview with Warren Roberson was about how he and his team are going to get better after that double overtime loss. That was two minutes of that interview, first two minutes of that interview. That's a mental eval they're looking for. They're looking for a culture guy, a buy-in guy. And if you're looking for a safety – me personally, Bobby, I want one that's a little aggressive. I want maybe a little over aggressive. I want a guy, like you said, a striker, because those guys can really set the tone for your defense, especially on the back end, especially in a, in a, in a passing era. And so I, I love the offer for Roberson. Uh, he wanted to visit Texas, Alabama. He was unable to make it. That was something he really wanted to do. Now he's going to set up another visit here in the next month or so. That's to be determined. And he put out a top five at the at the last of August. And he told me he's probably going to have to make a revision now that Texas is offered. Yeah. Um, interesting uh, because um, Jaron Thompson uh, against uh, Alabama and Anthony Cook both brought the leather um, it, from the safety position and definitely affected the football game and run support. Uh, you know, and so it, it's quite interesting to me um, that as Texas morphs its defense into more of a Pete Kwiatkowski, um, Gary Patterson mix, or, or whatever you want to call it right now, uh, that the physical play of the safeties are going to take more, more imp- take on a larger importance than perhaps what they have before when Texas went with a lot of guys that were more coverage guys. Bobby, tell me, Bobby, tell me a national champion that didn't have a nasty safety. An aggressive, hyper-athletic safety. You can't find one. Yeah. It, it's no, essential. It, it, it's, it, it's essential, you know. That, that's pretty fair. I mean, Alabama, they didn't have necessarily uh, – well, Georgia did, though, last jo- year. Woo. I was about to say Georgia. <laughs> that, that was my point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They had a full-on thumper. They, uh, they had right, some so, angry people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Um, all right. That, that all makes sense, I think. And, and I feel like it's uh, – um, Interesting one. Uh, another one I thought I think is a good uh, thought process type of question for you and I to ponder as we're doing this live stream on Inside Texas and on Texas football um, is COVID year seniors. 
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Are there guys that you think are COVID year seniors at Texas that might come back for an additional year? My initial thought turns to those three defensive linemen in Moro Ojomo, Tavondre Sweat, and Keandre Coburn. But I'm telling you, I just read something from Matt Zenitz today on On3 that said yeah. all three of those guys are starting to get some notice and since the game with Alabama even, uh, that their level of play has picked up quite a bit in the last year. And now they may be more draft picks than perhaps they were just even two weeks ago before the season, before the season started. And so what are your thoughts on that? Is Christian Jones a guy that could take a, a COVID senior year if he wanted to? Um, other, other guys, maybe, um, DeMarvin Overshone, I don't think would be interested in that. Anthony Cook, I think is going to try to go to the league. I don't really know. What about Jordan? What about Jordan Whittington? Maybe, maybe I think he, I think he has high designs on the league, right? Um, I think the league would like to, I'd like to see the, I think the league might want to see more sustainable, uh, body of work. He, he, I mean, I loved what he, it looked like him and Quinn had a little connection early on. And he had, I believe it was three or four plays of consecutive passes. And I, I'm not saying Jordan wouldn't be able to play in the league next year. I'm saying from this hypothetical, he can under, Jordan's also a very smart, rational, pragmatic guy. He will, he will make the best decision. And if that means possibly coming back for a full, full season with Quinn Ewers, to see what he could do in the draft. That's one I would think about as well. This is, it's a great question. It's, and it's something, it's definitely something to think about that. That was kind of my first one. Maybe it's, maybe it's wishing, maybe it's just, you know, a little of that, but I think there was something there with him and Quinn and there's, you know, Whittington could always raise his stock. All right. Question. This is going to be the question of the week without, Without even d- debating it right now and talking about it, what do you think the, the absolute question of the week is for Texas football? The question of the week? Who's going to yeah. be a starting quarterback on Saturday? There you go. <laughs> That's exactly what I think the question of the week is. I think he'll start Charles Wright against UTSA, says Rob. Uh, some other guys uh, had other, other choices. Uh, where are you at on this situation uh, at this point in time? Uh Texas and Steve Sarkeesian being almost mum about it purposefully. I can tell you Monday, uh, Hudson card was at practice. Uh, he's definitely hobbled. It was, uh, he went through a lot of some things gingerly. Uh, Charles Wright took the majority of the first team reps. And then the two walk, walk-ons alternated the last two series. Um, where I'm at right now is I, I honestly, they don't know who's going to be the starting quarterback. If you ask AJ Milby right now, he, he doesn't know that answer. And for people that, you know, want to hear about Malik Murphy, this is a guy that's still dealing with an injury that had happened actually at the end of summer, right before fall camp had begun uh, with his ankle and his foot. It's more of a foot now. And so he's still trying to, to get over that. So he's not an option. Um, I think they're going to reevaluate Hudson card on Friday evening. I think that's going to be the tail sign. I think he's going to continue to, to go through practice, go through the reps, obviously, you know, doing some stuff to the side, doing, you know, not, you know, not what he can normally do, but they're going to have Charles Wright prepared. They, they, that's obvious from the first two practices, they're going to have Charles Wright prepared. Um, you know, the local kid out of, out of Austin, I don't know if you ever remember watching his his tapes, but Bobby, he throws a beautiful deep ball. I mean, I can't remember a spiral having be, being so tight before. And Charles is a kid that I don't think there was always going to be these giant expectations, but let's not forget who Texas flipped him from. That was Iowa State and Matt Campbell. And to me, that's a hell of a quarterback eval. There might be some Brock Purdy 
to his game, you know, if he was, if he's the guy. But I do think right now their mindset is get everything ready for Charles Wright. Get everything from the reps to the game plan to the to what he's going to look for with the, the defenses, everything down in the video, and have Hudson Card, if he's ready to go, have Hudson Card jump in the jump in the saddle. I yeah, think I, I they think, I think they want to go with Card, Bobby. I I think they want to go with Card. I don't think they know that they can right and and that's, not today, not today. Yeah, and so I I think you, I, look I I. I talk to folks too. And I think that you're, you're pretty much would say the same as I did. I, I would, I mean, I would, I would echo your sentiments. They just don't know because they don't know where a card's going to be come Friday or Saturday. If they had a better clue that he was 75% or 85% on his ankle or 90 or whatever it's going to take for him to get most of the way there, they would have an easier decision here right now. He's not there. So they don't have an easy decision. Um, and I think that's, that's reality. Uh, at the same time, uh, I think that Card's experience is valuable. Uh, Wright has not played in a game uh, other than handing the ball off at Texas, I don't believe. Uh, and so we'll have to wait and see how all this goes. I, I would I would challenge you, the, the idea that you say um, Charles Wright has a, the prettiest deep ball you've seen after you just No, 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 no. Just after not you just watched when you were on a – Prettiest deep ball, the spiral. Oh, okay. The spiral. Okay. My Lord, Bobby, I don't Come need on. you putting that sort of juju out in the football world. <laughs> you, I was, I was there when Quinn Ewers threw it 276 yards. That's the prettiest deep ball in the history of high school football. <laughs> but Charles Wright, watch the spin. In baseball, the, the pitchers, they call it the spin rate. Yeah, what's the spin rate on Charles Wright the the ball? It it's like a needle. It's tight. Okay, I, I get it. I'm, I'm, you know I'm teasing Bobby. you. Hey hey uh, guys, I, I do want to do want to ask you guys to please like this video. Please subscribe to this channel if you're not already. That would really help us out as well. Uh, and uh, hit the like button. Uh, Justin and I work with uh, InsideTexas.com right now. There's a special for Inside Texas, one dollar for one month. Please join us over there. Uh, whether it's Jerry Hamilton, Eric Nalin, uh, Ian Boyd uh, with a great article today, Joe Cook, the beat reporter, Paul Wadlington. Uh, we've got you covered each and every day. Uh, even uh, Will Gallagher is there with the photos from the uh, games themselves, which are terrific if you he's enjoy scrolling through those. Yeah, he's terrific. He's uh, all right. Hey, uh, Justin, going back to a recruiting piece real quick right here. How do you feel about Jalen Hale? He's up in your neck of the woods, up in Longview. Announcing next week, visited Bama last week, visited Texas Texas for the Bama game this week, supposed to go to A&M this weekend, you know, eight days out or seven and a half days out. What's your call right now? Bobby, you know, I try to be an honest man. And, you know, I, I try to live by code. Okay. And, and, and I got to tell you, these East Texas recruitments over the last few seasons have been taking some years off of my life. For two years, Texas was had no shot at Jalen Hill. Two wide receiver coaches didn't click with either one. It was not happening. Now, Brennan Marion's in the mix. There's a closeness there. They've built that. He really likes Steve Sarkeesian. Here's kind of where the where, where Jalen Hill has is right now. They, <laughs> Rebel, I'm telling them, trust me. Okay. After the, you know, right before and right after that Alabama official visit, there was a tinge of Crimson Tide in the mix. There was a tinge of him really bonding with, with, with Coach Saban, really with Coach Wiggins. Uh, and really, that was kind of, Texas was still really, really there. And he still really, really likes Texas. But I think Alabama kind of had a, an advantage after that 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 official visit it, it it moved the needle is what we wrote at inside texas i also wrote later in the week if texas wanted to counter that they're gonna they would have to do exactly that they would have to match what alabama did on that official visit bobby they did that and we i posted in the scoop yesterday now, now, now you're saying they did that you are hearing they did that you talked to jalen or his parents and they did that where, what's what's that's coming that's coming from Jalen that's coming from clo sources closest to Jalen that's coming from 
guys he relies on. That's coming from people in his circle. That the Texas visit was fantastic. Uh, and that's the thing. Now, to me, I think it's an even race. I think you really have a, you're going neck and neck down the final stretch. I think the AM game against App State, which I didn't really consider AM that much of a factor anyway, for the longest in the last few months we've written this as a Texas Alabama battle. But, you know, they, they kept pushing, and Jalen told them he would take a visit. And so he's going to be there for the Miami game. He'll take his official there. What happened with A&M last week cannot be beneficial to that recruitment. Um, he's really close with Texas commit DeSoto four-star Jonte Cook. They talk a lot about how Texas uses receivers, how Sark and, and Marion and those guys find mismatches. Uh, favorable in the secondary, and, and they put guys in the league on a regular basis. They talk about this quite a bit, Bobby. This is a, something they talk about. So I don't think A&M's in it, even though they'll come with that official visit. That being said, you can never really count out the Aggies in the NIL era. So always keep that in the back of your mind. Next Wednesday, he's going to decide. I'm telling you right now, I think it's an even race. I don't think it's one over the other. I think he could easily pick Texas, and I could see him easily picking Alabama. I think what's going to come down to it is how comfortable he is and how close to home he wants to be. Because I, you can tell he loves his mom. He's got a great family too, Bobby. He loves his mom. And you get the sense they, they want him to go wherever he wants to go and be happy. But if that means being a hometown hero, because in Longview, Texas, you go to Texas, that's kind of a big deal. That to him might might be the one thing on a measuring stick that helps Texas at the it end of the day. Pushes him a little bit over the top, right? It's it's right. the same thing, kids from Tyler and, and stuff like that. I mean, it, it and, just happened, and, right? And don't and and just for, for so everyone knows, be sure to check in at InsideTexas.com. We had a piece today on a recruiting intel piece, talking more in depth about hell, and also I'll be in Lufkin on Friday visiting, at, uh, watch it covering Jalen Hill. I'll be visiting with family. I'll be catching up with sources that are going to be there as well. And we'll have an update as soon as uh, as soon as the game's over. Uh, I'll have something up at InsideTexas.com. So this is the time, listeners and fans, you really have to click on the site a lot because a lot's happening with Jalen Hale. There's a lot happening with these other recruits in 2023, these new senior evals. And with Hale, to follow that recruitment, you should just go to InsideTexas.com. One dollar, one month. Come see us. All right. I, um, it's interesting. Uh, I, I'm. This is a question that Jerry and I uh, talked about briefly, uh, and and I think it's time to to start as we look forward. A you know two months from now, does Texas save spots for the portal, or do they fall in love with senior risers, or both? I don't think they're necessarily mutually exclusive. I think they need, they're going to need some guys for the portal and they'll have spots for guys in the portal. Um, I don't know how many, but they'll have a few. Um, Paul Wallington, Paul Wallington chimed in on that message board post today and was talking about, they got to have defense. He thinks. Um, And I agree with Paul. Um, What what are your thoughts on that? Uh, Any, any position in particular, you think defense heavy? What do you think? I think you have to, Obviously, Sark is in this era, they're always going to save some portal spots. Always, and we see that in recruiting, we see that in, in the in, we already see it in high school recruiting, it, it has a direct effect. I, I almost want to say this, this season could be the determining factor for that. You know, you know, say it, it goes sideways, they would probably have to hit the portal a little harder for guys that would be more ready made, whereas. They take the momentum from the Alabama loss and they continue to, to look good, to win, to perform well. You can take some more developmental guys in high school that can build me more program culture builders. And so it, it, it's six, one, half dozen of another considering, you know, what Texas does this season, I think. I think that'll be the determining factor. Defense for me, I feel like is going to be the spot they're going to look for, <laughs> especially if Devondre Sweat and Keandre Coburn and Moro Joma, these guys are getting senior bowl looks. And like you said, they're getting draft looks now. You may have to restock that defensive line. Now, granted, they, they brought in a lot of good guys too, and they've got some young, young talent and, and guys that are, are going to be on the rise, especially like the By- Byron Murphy, who's probably, in my opinion, the best D-lineman on the team. Vernon Broughton's going to be that breakout guy as well. 
But right now, you know, if those guys continue to ascend, you may have to replace those guys. And it might be a smarter idea to get a all-conference Sunbelt defensive tackle at 6'1", you know, 320 pounds, plays, can play the nose, can play your three-tech, rather than a developmental kid that'll take longer. So I think it'll be situational at every spot. But I do think defense is still going to be more of the focus. Defense is going to be the side of the ball where you want to make sure the linebackers, you know, you want to shore up that room that they're building. They're getting better. We've seen Jalen Ford, you know, progress. We've seen those guys get better. You want a couple, you want to make sure you're staying on these edge guys because, you know, Baron Sorrell is, is doing a tremendous job. And I hope you're listening and watching Mr. Sorrell because you we, we always appreciate your, your help. I, that's another guy that, you know, you got to just kind of watch his trajectory. And so at the end of the day, I think it's really, what the season, what happens throughout this season, how many will go in each direction. But there will always be a few spots for portal kids. And, and think about this, Bobby. I'm not, you know, let's just speak it into existence. If Quinn Ewers remains the starting quarterback, he comes back, he's healthy, remains the starting quarterback, you may need to look in the portal for a backup quarterback. Now, most quarterbacks go into the portal because they want to start. That's generally their, 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 their reasoning. But you would have to find the right makeup of a guy that you're not expected to start, but we'd like a guy that's behind Quinn rather than if Malik hasn't developed the right way, or rather if Charles Wright hasn't developed to that point. I think that's you have to think about that as well. Fully knowing Arch Manning's coming in January, but you still have to have contingencies, and you still don't want to get in a situation where, like Peyton, you get thrown in as a true freshman. All right, I want to answer these two questions. And almost in unison was was Derek Williams at the Bama game, uh, and I thought Arch was coming to the Bama game. Neither were expected. Um, and so uh, to, to answer those two questions uh, together uh, for Arch, the guys that were asking. Arch Manning and Will Randall are right now tentatively coming to Texas OU Red River Shootout in October. That's that's where they are right now. Derek Williams wants to come back to watch a game, but that uh, that hasn't been scheduled yet. Got it. All right. Uh, also, want to talk. Brandon Offerman uh, asked me if I'm going to eat crow about the the Texas prediction losing on uh, Saturday. Uh, yeah, I I ate it already. I I think that uh, I I misjudged the I misjudged a couple different things. I misjudged the Texas defense first and foremost. Um, no doubt. I thought I did not think they were ready to to stop the uh, Alabama run. Uh, as I knew that that Bryce Young, when if he went five wides, four wides, he would give them problems. I didn't know they would be able to stop the run. So hats off to that. Uh, otherwise, I, I felt like overall uh, Alabama or the Texas offense at the same time got over on the Texas got over on the Alabama defense better than I expected that they would. Um, yeah, it was a lot of it in the second half was manufactured by Steve Sarkeesian's play calling. I mean, we can call it what we want, but he did some kind of inventive stuff. And even the, defense set, even the defense set him up a couple times uh, in, in really positive uh, uh, yardage. But uh, I, I'm gladly eating my chloro. Here's another question, um, and let's talk about this one. What is the best case scenario for Ewers' return? And then thoughts on both Ajay Hall and Jabil, Jaleel Billingsley making an impact this season. Uh, Justin, you want to take uh, any of those or all of those? I'll, I'll, I'll start and I'll let you come in for the save. Um, you know, it was reported that Quinn's going to miss four to six weeks. I don't know if that's that's going to be the case, Bobby. We, we don't know if it, it – that could be sooner. Uh, looking at injuries like he's had, um, a lot of times it's a pain tolerance thing. And, and on a non-throwing shoulder – I'll, I'll be curious to see just how long he's out. Uh, and don't forget, Quinn is a tough kid, okay? In the state championship against Westlake, he played with the sports hernia. And then on the, the beginning of the third drive, he cracked three ribs. And most people don't know that. So this is a tough kid who I think really wants to get back on the field, especially I think he's hungry from what he was tasting in that first quarter with that, with that group. And he started to feel it. And so it's, you know, like you said, the report came out. Pete Thamel talked about four to six weeks. I don't know if it's going to be that long. That seems to be a very cautious timeline uh, just to be safe, I guess. But I, I, 
I don't – hopefully it's not that long. I don't see it being that long. Ajay Hall has been working his way back into the rotation. He's been working his way back into practice. He's been doing well. Um, he's a guy that I think you could you might expect to see against UTSA. He, this is a, a team that I think in, in, in an opportunity for him to kind of get some run with, with, with the guys now. Um, and so I expect him to, to at least get back in that mix. How much of an impact remains to be seen. The, you know, the, it's, it's a deep room, even without Nayor, but uh, I, I think you'll, you'll see him more probably the most against UTSA. For Billingsley, if it's, you know, six weeks, I mean, five more games, I mean, be realistic. How much of an impact can he make? And also, who do you take off the field? I understand, you know, Billingsley is a, is a higher rated guy. I understand that, you know, he's got NFL, prof, you know, potential. But Jatavian Sanders, highest graded tight end by PFF in week one against ULM. You don't take Jatavian Sanders off the field the way he's playing right now. Gunnar Helm is playing above his ranking, above his, his, his prospect list, offer list. That guy's playing really good. And so, you know, who do you take off the field? I think Billingsley can add another dimension to this offense, but I don't know if you'll see any sort of impact unless Texas is really in the mix for making the Big 12 championship game in, in November. I think that's when you would at least start to see something from him. What do you yeah, think, uh, Bill, Bobby? Uh, no, Billings is six weeks. So, I mean, that, that's what I understand. And so yeah. after Five more six games, weeks, six more all games. bets are off. Yeah, you know. more games. I, I'm interested to see a little bit more of Juan Davis uh, in in this game. I would I would be reticent of um, I would be reticent of not putting your your ones in there against UTSA all the way through. Like working too many guys in early gives teams like you at UTSA a chance to hang around a little bit, and that's not necessarily what you want to do. Um, and not not that Texas that. necessarily could could. Um, uh, can can dictate the score per se here, but you just don't want to let a team like UTSA uh, hang around. Um, I think that that's that's uh, that's that's part of the issue, right? Is you know you 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 put in a a Juan Davis and a and a uh, a Jai Hall or somebody like that, and all of a sudden your number one guys aren't out there, and there's a problem, and you you start giving up the ball and and that sort of thing, and uh, it's, uh, it's, it's difficult. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that's, that's kind of the way it is, um, uh, that, that, that we have to worry about, you know, right. um, let me ask you a couple other questions here. And so we can go and, and talk a little bit here. Um, you know, I, I want to know trouble in Aggiedom right now. Okay. The, the loss to Appalachian state, Appalachian state ran 82 plays. AM ran 38. Uh, Jimbo's talking about um, uh, Jimbo's talking about maybe changing and having somebody else help with offense. Uh, I don't know if you heard that. Yes. Um, a player apparently walked out of practice yesterday. Yeah. Um, you know, why, what does this mean, even if it means anything at all to Texas from a recruiting perspective? Because I'm sitting there looking at Javen Thomas that Texas is wanting to recruit or a David Hicks that's seriously considering them or half dozen other players that are visiting A&M this weekend for their game with Miami. It's, it's not necessarily having this dramatic impact on their recruiting right now that they're having so much off field, uh, off field and otherwise issues right now. I think first and foremost, there is a lot of, I told you so in Tallahassee. And I think the, 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 how it affects Texas is that Anthony Hill is a guy you want to flip. Javon Thomas is a guy you would take in this class. Bravian Rogers is a guy you would take in this class. Like you said, they've got a number of guys that you would want to flip. Um, I, if, you know, it remains to be seen how that's going to help, you know, happen, but A&M's hit a wall right now. And, and the reason why is because so much exposure from this last offseason of having an historic number one recruiting class, it heaped so much expectation onto a group of juniors and seniors in College Station that have nothing to do with it. 
and guys that may not be ready to play to that expectation to that level, but that's who is there. Your your quarterback is Haynes King. Your receiver, Anaya Smith. Your 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 gadget guy and 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 Devin Achain. Like those are really talented guys, but are they ready for that status? Is Jimbo ready for that status? And I think you're seeing more and more. A lot of them aren't. It, it's not. It's not jiving right now, Bobby. It's just not. There's. And it wasn't just this beginning of the season. There were things in the summertime where they were having issues uh, along the offensive line. They were having issues in the defensive room. You've got a cornerback that's racing and almost hitting people in a parking garage. It is a, It is one of those things where the culture is non-existent. And I think Texas, what helps Sark is not just the fact that the players seem to love playing there and being around each other and doing things together. You and I have talked about that a lot. But I think at the end of the day, Sark has a has a, you know, Jimbo Fisher's been telling us since 2013 how great his offense is. The problem is it's still from 2013, and it doesn't matter how many pieces of paper and clipboards he carries when he's walking up and down the sidelines. Players are noticing that, Bobby. People see that, especially on the offensive side. Defensively, they're still recruiting at a high level. I, I think you'll see a trickle down effect more and more from that later on on offense. These receivers are seeing a, a system that does not help them, plain and simple. And I'm not sure what happened, but the offensive line at AM got worse. Now, and, and I know they've missed a few guys, but they had some young guys come in last year and really play well, especially Reuben Father, the, uh, Bryce Foster. Give those guys credit. It's been more difficult this go around. It's not the same guys, it's not the same vibe they had last year. I don't know if that means changing quarterbacks. How it affects Texas recruiting is that the fact these recruits are seeing an offense that's not archaic, but it's old and it's outdated. And I, I don't think it's being executed right now. And for Texas recruits, the ones that you want, notice that. Your Jontae Cooks, your, your Jalen Hells, they notice that. And to them, that's the that's probably the biggest advantage on that side of the ball. Defensively, it might be a little bit, but I'm telling you, Anthony Hill is a kid that you know he's committed. He's solid A&M, but he wants to play in a great program, and he wants to think down the road he's going to be playing for something bigger. And if there's a lot of mess going on off the field in College Station, that's a discussion that's going on in his house when it happens. Yeah, um, speaking with Justin Wells of InsideTexas.com. Uh, covers the team and recruiting for Inside Texas, does a tremendous job. Uh, for those of you not subscribed, please consider a subscription to InsideTexas.com. It's $1 for just one month. Uh, give us a chance. Uh, also, for those of you just joining us, we have already talked about the quarterback situation at Texas. Uh, both Justin and I are hearing that Card is practicing. However, Card is also uh, in a situation where he's still uh, very uh, tender ankle and not necessarily uh, close to 100%. Charles Wright getting a lot of reps right now uh, with the first unit. Uh, we, we both think that uh, card could be a later-in-the-week decision. It's definitely not been decided today, we don't think, uh, about who will be the quarterback this coming weekend. Um, we also talked a little bit about the defense, and I want to go back to this because uh, it, it's, it's legitimate, right? Um, we, I was one of the ones that thought, that, you know, when are we really, when is, how much is the defense going to improve? We thought they were going to improve, Justin. We didn't know they were going to improve, right? We, we had to, it was all conjecture. Um, but not only is Pete Kwiatkowski and, and whoever else is working on that, uh, Terry Joseph, uh, Gary Patterson, Jeff Choate, those guys, all of them uh, working in unison, but the team itself is playing together. It, it, uh, it seems like, uh, and I was talking to Brian Irwin, Coach Brian Irwin, uh, on lunch with the coach yesterday. And we talked about the front communicating well with the back. We talked about the linebackers communicating well with the defensive linemen and getting them in the right place. That wasn't happening last year, period. They, it looked like, I mean, I don't want to say Keystone Cops, but that's what it reminded me of in some second halves a, a year ago. It did not remind me that at all last week against Alabama and certainly not uh, in the first week against ULM, at least until the very last drive of the game for ULM or second to last uh, when the third and fourth team went in. But uh, what do you think of the, the Texas 
defense and what the coaches have done and how the players are taking to being coached and putting their best foot forward right now. This might be a, a really good example of letting your coaches that you bring in coach their system, put players in their system, and give them time. These guys didn't know what they were doing last year, Bobby. It's plain and simple. They just didn't understand it fully. There were a few guys that knew it, and there were a handful that didn't know it, and that meant busted plays and giving up, you know, horrendous yardage. I think this defense is better. It, I'm not going to say better coached because it's essentially the same guys. I think they understand the system now. And I think the guys they brought in on the defensive side of the ball, particularly, have a keen sense of being in the moment, maximizing the opportunity they have. They were told, watch this defense because you can play early. And we're seeing that from a lot of guys. They're playing early. And I think it's just a mindset on that side of the ball. I mean, the biggest factor is definitely they're in their second year. And, and, and Coach PK deserves that credit. Because, you know, last year was, was horrific on defense for the most part. And it was so easy to say, well, you got to fire the co coordinator. You got to fire the coordinator. I mean, that's a fan's mantra on Saturday nights. But how about you give them time? How about you give them the same guys, the continuity, the consistency? How about you give them some experience? And then now you've got new guys that came in that are complete buy-in culture guys. To me, that's a recipe for a really good defense. And it, it was funny. Everyone talked about the offense in the offseason, including myself. I'm as guilty as anyone. I mean, mainly you, but definitely me. And But at the end of the day, I think the defense takes that personally. Did you notice how much fire those guys played with? And you yeah, say, it, well, it was it, against it, Alabama. Hey, we saw so, that against ULM. So that's the point, right? I, I did see more of that against – I thought Alabama is the best performance they've had on defense in so long. I can't I can't remember when they played as well on defense. I just – I can't. Maybe USC. Ba in like Baylor 2013. Oh, oh, okay. 14, 2014. Baylor or, or West Virginia around the same time too, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, Charlie's first that, year. That, yep. That's fair. Um, but I did feel like they played faster against Alabama and more fearless. Part of that um, is this, is I thought that Jalen Ford stepped up this past week. Um, a week after having zero tackles, all of a sudden, Bama pops an 81-yard run, right? Yep. And it looks like Jalen Ford's part of, partly responsible for that. Yes. And from that point on, he played like a different player. Absolutely. And, and I'm wondering if, he just saw his football career flash before his life. Say, so if I don't get after it, I'm I'm going to be on the bench. I mean, seriously. I mean, that, that that's we've been there. I mean, you and I, things like that happen to people, and they just their eyes get big, and they go, "I better start doing what I I need to do." And from that point on, in that game, he played like a man possessed. He had a tremendous football game, and so maybe that's part of what looked better on Saturday. Right. Maybe maybe uh, Anthony Cook playing a little bit more of the uh, Anthony Cook playing closer to the line of scrimmage and some of those trips looks that Alabama put out there and he, him making a couple tackles behind the line of scrimmage, just like last year when he was playing the star position, Justin. I mean, a, a lot of different yeah. pieces are coming into play right now for Texas that just weren't there a year ago. I think it starts with coaching and getting him in the right place, but I think it ends up being the Jimmys and the Joes that have to do it, right? It's not the X's and O's. You know, I, 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 we've written before about how Jaron Thompson came to Texas from Lufkin as kind of a quarterback in the secondary. He may not be as athletic as some of these other guys, but he, he, he's a field general back there. I saw him do more directing in, in, in that secondary and in the defense as a whole on Saturday than Martin Scorsese in the last four decades. <laughs> Darren Thompson was lining guys up because he's confident. He knows what's going on. Anthony Cook, this is kind of like his, are you going to play in the league? Well, the tape, you got to put the tape out there now. It's one of those put up or shut up. Ryan Watts, I love that, 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 that corner blitz when he comes off because he's so long, 
he almost looks like an outside linebacker bending the edge. It, 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 there's so many little components that I think make up for it. And not to not to not give the guy some credit, DeMarvion Overshone, once again, played a good football game. He played a good, solid game. But you're right. There's, there's some urgency, I think, with some of these guys. And remember what I told you when we talked about, like, right before the week, and you, was like, you said, what was the, you know, the biggest thing for the defense? And I said, these guys have eight or nine players with something to prove. They have, like, eight or nine guys that you either put up or shut up. You either get it going with this tape or you're not playing at the next level and you might as well figure out another profession. And I think you're seeing those guys step up and all the other guys fitting in. And like you said, the D-line has been getting a lot of love lately. Sweat, Ajomo, who Gus Johnson has to learn how to say that young man's name. (laughs) And Keandre Coburn. But at the same time, you got Byron Murphy, who is a pit bull. I mean, he's literally a canine per Coburn. I can't I didn't confirm that, but that's per Coburn. And so the, you got a mixture of young guys, your Justice Finkleys, your Jalen Gilbos, guys that are playing early. They got Ethan Burke, guys that are that are playing early, so they have that they're happy and enthusiastic. You got those seniors, those veterans that have been through it, and those eight or nine guys with something to prove. And at the end of the day, it looks like it's going to be a pretty good defense at so far at this stage. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And what's more, um, Justin, last year, I think we saw flashes of good defense, you know. Oh, this yes, one, definitely. This definitely. one looks more like it has staying power. Is that is that a good way to put it? Like It looks like they know their role. Fair. I think I think that's a that's a fair question. All right, we're going to take a couple more questions. If anybody has any other questions for Justin or myself uh, for this live stream, Longhorn live stream, please let us know. Uh, we're here for you guys. The, the next couple of uh, uh, next uh, five to ten minutes here as we finish up. Uh, Justin, uh, talking about uh, Texas as a whole, they're going to play UTSA. Uh oh, did we just lose I'm Justin? Here. No, I think I'm here. Hold on just a second. I think I'm here. Your video just went out on you. That's okay. You're right there. There we go. Wow. There you go. All right. Um, Good uh, I, You know, I thought you were doing the Scorsese film film cuts on me right there. with the. It was the, the end of the Sopranos, and you totally stole my entire moment. <laughs> but what, what I was going to say is we, we Texas got uh, UTSA come to town. Uh, Jeff Trailer, I, I watched the game. Uh, last night uh, with Army uh, in, in, in its entirety. Uh, the quarterback is good. He's a southpaw. Uh, got a good set of receivers. Not in love with the running backs. Good running back, but not great running back. Um, offensive line, it's, it's patchwork on the outside. Interior, they're fine, I think. But outside, where Texas isn't as strong either now, um, they, their patchwork, the interior of their offensive line looks pretty good. Uh, the reality of it is, is if you let their quarterback outside and don't have contain, he's very, very dangerous when you give him a two-way go. Um, and, yeah. You, and, and so that's that side. The defense as a whole, I think uh, – play- <laughs> good one, Sonny. That's a good one. Um, the defense as a whole <laughs> – the defense as a whole, though, for UTSA, plays very physical, plays the run very well. You're going to have to hit some passes against them, I think, uh, to to really play better uh, overall. With UTSA, I feel like their offense is missing Sincere McCormick more than anything. I know they're missing those, those tackles. They're missing Spencer Buford, who's been a, a young star for the 49ers as a rookie offensive lineman. But that's the thing for me. They, they're really missing McCormick. That's the guy that, that really stirred the drink. Uh, Frank, and so – and they've got some good young receivers. I really like uh, – and they've got a few former Texas players and, and Kennedy Lewis and, and um, there's another guy I was, I was forgetting. But um, I really like Franklin. Zahari Franklin, I think, is, is one that's talented. But that offensive line is patchwork. You said it. it it's patchwork, patchwork. And I think they're gonna, Texas is going to be able to take advantage of that on the outside. And and the biggest thing is going to be contained. It's going to be over pursuit. It's going to be keeping Harris in front of you. 
And I thought they did a really good job with Bryce Young in that department. So I know they'll be up for the challenge in this. On the defensive side, you got to understand it's, for it's, hey, I want to I don't want to be rude to interrupt, but Ovia Gufu in particular has to keep contained because he's been the primary culprit a lot of times in not doing that in the over pursuit. I'm sorry. I just want to. I want no, to no, no. You're right. Because that's his ears and just goes and that takes you out of the play. That's the best yeah, he, thing you can do for a tackle is just run through it because you've helped the offensive tackle do everything he needed to do. Yep. You're right. You're right. Yep. That's a factor. No, it's good. On the UTSA side, on the defensive side, understand this. It's it's a solid defense. It doesn't have a lot of talent. There's not a whole lot of size, but it's solid. And understand, it is what you would call the quintessential Jeff Trailer coach team. They may not be great, but they are going to play hard. And they are going to play for 60 minutes. They will try to run through a wall. You're gonna have to really take some shots at them. You're gonna have, and you, if you land the shots, you'll beat them. And Texas has a lot of advantages when you look at the position. They land those shots, they'll be just fine. But like you said earlier in the show, if you let UCSA hang around because you've tried some new stuff here and there, tried to get some guys in here and there, you, 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 you put yourself in a real bad position. Hey, that being said, go ahead. No, I was, go ahead. If you were finishing your thought, I had a no. Let's finish. Question. I was just going to say they went up to Army and they beat a physical team, a very physical team. Understand this: Texas is coming in with some some injuries, with some bumps and bruises. You go toe to toe with Alabama, you're going to be hurting. UTSA is in a similar boat. Maybe not the most vocal known injuries, but Army really beat on them, like they do every school. And so understand they're coming into this game a little a little sore, just like Texas. Um, question for you. Uh, did do, do you know if the Sean Jameson practiced today? I do not know if he did. I am not, I don't I don't have that information right now. That's something I'm definitely uh, Eric Nolan and I are, are uh, hunting that info right now. Uh, but we we hope to have an update soon. Okay, gotcha. All right, another question. Uh, and this is this one will probably be the last one for the night because I think it it sums up the overall tenor of the cold question in the chat of the Texas program right now. Is this team a perception or a progression? Progression. I think so. The team is a progression. We, we wanted to say that after week one, but we have to understand the circumstance, the team they were playing. You, you got to, you know, there's a context to it. Now what we saw last weekend, and it wasn't just, they played a great game against a great team. There was just so many little things that we had question marks about during the season that were answered. And so to me, that's being progress. That's progression. Um, the perception would be a trap game in Lubbock, you know, where you, you go in and, and, and it's, you know, the injuries are too much or you're not schemed up enough or you let tech hang around and they're at home with, in Joey McGuire's first year, it's you know something like that. This is this team has progressed, Bobby. Not just on the field, but off the field. You and I said this so much. I know the fans are tired of hearing it. This group really likes each other. You know how important chemistry is. I think Quinn Ewers said something about it in one of his press conferences over the last few weeks. They asked him, "Would you like the most talented team or the one with the best chemistry?" And he said, "I take the most chemistry. I want that one." Because that's the, that's when something real happens. That's when you can do something together. And so I think that's kind of the mindset with that right now. So I would say, and I want to hear your opinion on this too, I, it's progression. And if they don't underestimate UTSA, they, they beat the teams they're supposed to beat. They put them away early like they did ULM. That's another check mark. That's another box heading into Big 12 play. Um, my thought is, I look, I've been a pessimist. Uh, around Texas football before um, and called it. I, I've tried to call it the way I've seen it my entire life with them. Yeah. Um, whether it was during the heyday of uh, Vince Young, Colt McCoy, Major Applewhite, Chris Sims, those guys before that uh, where they were getting beat up uh, and down the field or even this last decade, really. I've tried to, to, to call it like I see it. I saw it wrong last week and I was – so surprised in a way that I felt was pleasantly surprised because 
I was not ready to see a Texas defense that had truly, truly improved um, on all three levels. I felt like they improved in the secondary. They're communicating better. The linebackers are better. Um, whether it's Jalen Ford and Diamante Tucker Dorsey, in addition to, to DeMarge and Overshone. Right. And the defensive front is better. They're better on all three levels on defense. So that's progression. Um, offense with Quinn Ewers, it was the first time last week where I saw Steve Sarkeesian's offense in a new light. Um, I thought he had drawn up some really nice plays like oh. against, against Texas. No, no, no. Against Texas Tech a year ago. I was oh, like, man, man. That, that's, that's what an offense needs to look like. But Quinn Ewers took that to a new level in one quarter on Saturday um, and made me rethink what that even can be. Because not only is Ewers uh, obviously on campus, Arch Manning's on his way too. And so you start seeing, okay, if that's what that looks like, where do we need to go? You know, where, where can this really go? Um, I, I will say this. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't say I'm concerned that it may be a little bit of perception and a lot of progression. So what's, what's going to be, it could be both. It doesn't have to be one or the other, right? You can be 90% uh, progression and 10% perception. And so they're not going to beat some teams uh, that they might otherwise do it. But, uh, to fight like they did with a backup quarterback on one leg against a Heisman Trophy winner with uh, the talent that the the uh, the Crimson Tide had on defense in 100-degree weather. I don't know what other kind of effort you want uh, from your team. We didn't see it a year ago. I know that much. So that's progression overall. You know, that that's, that's a great summary because it really – that's where we're at right now. You know, if you're a Texas fan – you don't have to tell your friends things are, are looking up and your friends laugh at you or your friends tease you or your buddies, you know, the buddies are, 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 are messing with you. It's they saw what they saw on Saturday. And I said this at the beginning of the show, Bobby, the crowd was such a factor in that game. The players will tell you that the coaches will tell you that. But more importantly, the recruits will tell you that every time I would ask a guy, you know, we, we had a great story on Sunday. I had a lot of guys from recruiting reactions. And it was, you know, it was consistent of the crowd, the absolute crowd. Like when Will Anderson says that's the best college crowd he's ever seen in his life, buddy, you better take notice because that matters. And I think that's where fans are looking now. Now the next step, beat those teams you can, get healthy at those key positions, make it more of a progression rather than a perception. Please hit the like button for us. Help us get up to 500 likes. Also hit the subscribe now button uh, for uh, Justin and I uh, and other people at On Texas Football that help us. Uh, Justin and I both work at InsideTexas.com. Uh, get one month uh, for $1 at InsideTexas.com. Uh, tomorrow we've got the state of the program. I'm talking with Eric Nalene in the morning. Uh, we'll get that up for you in the morning. And then in the afternoon, I hope to have a special guest for you guys. Uh, and uh, we'll get going and talk some more about that at that time. Uh, but uh, thanks so much for everybody showing up tonight. Uh, we had a good time, a big chat. Uh, and thank you so much. And Justin, I appreciate you joining me. And for Justin Wells, I'm Bobby Burton. That's been this episode of On Texas Football.